What is it we need to know about Raiders wide receiver, third-round pick Trey Tucker from Cincinnati? Well, we'll find out as we do a deep dive on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, first of all, we appreciate you in a major way. Uh, without you, we would have no show. And two, we appreciate Ari at Ari Produces on Twitter because without him, it wouldn't be on YouTube. So we definitely appreciate you and Ari for making it happen, Raider Nation. And today's edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast is brought to you and sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who could take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. Coming up here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll give you news and notes around the league and, of course, with the silver and black. In segment number two, we'll do our deep dive about wide receiver Trey Tucker, and then your calls and texts will close out the show in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes. And off top, want to find out and want to let you know about the media availability throughout the course of this offseason, talking about rookie minicamp, OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and all that good stuff. Rookie minicamp is this upcoming week. Starting on Friday, the 12th through the 14th, there is no media availability. I found out for sure from the Raiders on Tuesday exactly what dates there'll be availability. We'll be able to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels and multiple members of the Silver and Black. So no availability during rookie minicamp. Okay, so the OTAs, the first media availability will be May 25th, then June 1st, and June 15th. So for the OTA session, those are the three dates, the 25th, June 1st, and June 15th. Mandatory minicamp is between that. So June 6th through 8th, we'll have media availability all those days. So really, you got about six days of media availability until the the team and the coaches kind of go on a hyenas until training camp gets opened up. So six days starting on May 25th, then June 1st. Of course, mandatory minicamp is June 6th through 8th, and then the final day will be June 15th. Also, I want to tell you about, and we had a call, I believe from Raider Ed on Tuesday's show about Max Crosby, and he kind of said that he was overrated, and I highly disputed that. I don't think Max Crosby is under, uh, underrated at all, uh, matter of fact, or overrated at all, excuse me. Matter of fact, he could be underrated, and if he actually got some help along the defensive line, he'd probably be a lot better as far as stats go. But pro football focus, and I know that that's not the end-all, be-all, that's not everyone's you know go-to uh, measure of how a player plays. They put out a stat on Tuesday, most quarterback pressures over the past two seasons. Mad Max Crosby was number one with 182. 49ers Nick Bosa was second with 165. Michael Parsons for the Cowboys was third with 157, followed by Miles Garrett of the Browns, 151, and Chris Jones of the Chiefs at 142. So those are the top guys, top five guys across the NFL with the most quarterback pressures over the past two seasons. And like I said, if Max Crosby had a little bit more help along that defensive line from the defensive tackles and also his uh, brother across the way from him at the edge position, whether that's Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson, or whoever else is out there this upcoming year, I'm sure his sack total would be a lot better. And of course, the defense on the back end, the secondary as well. Again, as I mentioned many times, those two go hand in hand. But Crosby, over the last two seasons, 
has had a total of 20 and a half sacks, 12 and a half in 2022, eight in 2021. That's actually the least amount out of all five of those guys. Uh, Nick Bosa, he was actually number one, 34 sacks, 18 and a half in 2022, 15 and a half in 2021. The thing about it is, though, he has all that help along the defensive line. And I mentioned on Tuesday's show how many snaps Max Crosby played, almost 1,100 in 2022. Bosa only played about 700 and something snaps. So when Max Crosby played 96% of the snaps for the Raiders defense, Bosa only played about 74% and still had all that production because, well, he has all that help along the defensive line. Micah Parsons for the Cowboys, a guy who's only been in the league a couple years, just gets to pin his ears back and get to the quarterback. We know he's a special player. 26 and a half sacks the last two seasons, 13 and a half in 2022 and 13 in 2021. So you pretty much know what you're going to get from Micah Parsons year in and year out as long as he's healthy, about 13 sacks a season. Miles Garrett for the Cleveland Browns. He actually was third on this list, 32 sacks, 16 in 2022 and 21, and actually 16 in both years, 2022 and in 2021. So again, you kind of know what you're going to get from Miles Garrett when he's out there healthy. Uh, that dude can get after the quarterback and get after him in a major, major way. A number one, a reason why he was a, a early first round pick, right? Was he number one overall by the Cleveland Browns uh, when he came out of, of Texas A&M? I believe he was number one. If he wasn't number one, he was number two. But I just didn't didn't look that stat up. But I. I believe he was number one overall by Cleveland. And then Chris Jones for the Cleveland or for the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, 24 and a half sacks the last two seasons, 15 and a half in 2022, and then nine in 2021. And you know Chris Jones is a special type of player as well. So those are the top five right there. I'm looking for Max Crosby to have double-digit sacks again this year because I do believe he has a lot more help along that Raiders defensive line. He's got Byron Young, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. Of course, Tyree Wilson, uh, edge rusher, a guy who could also kick inside from Texas Tech. Chandler Jones, I expect him to chip in around five to seven sacks. I mean, there's got to be more pressure, and the guys in the secondary have got to be better as well. So if all that comes together, I'm looking at Max Crosby to have double-digit sacks, maybe even pushing close to 15, but everything's got to come together. Also here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, again, news and notes of the day. Today is the day we'll find out about international games, Black Friday games, and what the league is calling select individual games. So the international games uh, we'll find out today on NFL Network and ESPN. The Black Friday game that we've had a lot of conversation about, actually a lot more conversation than I thought we were going to have about it. I I even got a tweet from Vic Tafer uh, from The Athletic on Tuesday. I guess he was responding to Peter Schrager from NFL Network's Good Morning uh, NFL, and uh, he was talking about what games should be played on Black Friday, and he suggested that it's the Raiders and the Steelers every year, but every year they rotate who's the host. So one year it'll be the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium, and the next year it's the Steelers, and then vice versa, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But that's the game every year on Black Friday. And I said, you know, I'm kind of with that, but I really do think, again, I don't think there's another team in the league, and it's so funny, I have people responding to me that were trying to educate me on the color of the Raiders. It was so funny. I had a couple of people hit me up on Twitter, send me direct messages saying, Q, you realize that the Raiders colors aren't all black and that, you know, there's other teams in the league that do have all black. And look, I get it. I <laughs> believe me. I know the colors of the Raiders. I know it's silver and black. Yeah, I got a red polo uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 shirt. I get it. But I know what the Raiders colors are. Uh, the thing about it is I feel like and this is just my personal feeling. And, you know, we all are, have our own opinion and that's cool. I respect that. But my personal feeling is there's not another team in the league that is more kind of in sync with the color black, right? Is more known for the color black than the Raiders, right? I mean, how many Raider t-shirts do you see that say real men, real women wear black, right? I mean, I get it. They ha- they're they not all black, but it's just 
that color and Allegiant Stadium is black and it's Black Friday. I mean, it just it goes all together. You know, there's always the the Darth Vader, uh, you know, references when it comes to the to the Raiders. They call, you know, Allegiant Stadium. Some people call it the Death Star. I mean, there's just so many different elements that, you know, the Raiders historically have been known as far as with the color black. That's why it made sense to me. Look, we'll find out today who's playing on Black Friday and if it's going to be the Raiders. I think it makes sense, but maybe the NFL won't. So we'll see, but we'll find out today. And that'll be by way of Amazon. The international games will be NFL Network and ESPN. And by the way, I kind of glossed over that. The Raiders could be involved in those international games as well. And then the select individual games. I think this is funny. Uh, May 10th, which is today on Fox and Friends and CBS Morning. So depending on what time you're listening to this, those games may be already, um, you know, uh, unveiled and let you know exactly who it's going to be. Bottom line, we'll find out the full meal deal tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, ESPN, all outlets. And, of course, it'll be all over Twitter. So uh, there you go. The schedule release, of course, the slow drip process that I like to call it. That's what the NFL likes to do. Also, real quick, I uh, have a suggestion for you to read a really good article on The Athletic from Mike Sando. Uh, He did an NFL draft wrapped up. I actually had him on my radio show on Tuesday, uh, and it's the article's called NFL Draft 2023 Execs Unfiltered on All 32 Classes. Eagles Overrated? Did the Jets Crush It? Or did they rush it? And so uh, Mike Sando was really good. He was uh, on the show for about 20 minutes just talking about multiple different things. I just wanted to bring you a couple sound bites real quick. Uh, one was on the Raiders' first-round pick, Tyree Wilson, and then the second-round pick, Michael Mayer. So here's Michael, uh, Mike Sando from The Athletic on Raiders' first-round pick, Tyree Wilson. And the reason I bring it is because in this article, he's talking to NFL execs. It's not just like what he's thinking at his house, sitting there in a dark room with a beer in his hand, you know, putting this together and hoping that it sticks. This is what NFL executives around the league we're talking about with these different selections and they did it for all 32 teams but here's what Mike Sando had to say about first round pick Tyree Wilson what those NFL execs thought about that pick uh I mean just might be the best player in the draft he's a top two player in the draft and obviously he fell because there were some injury concerns and you know when you're drafting that high a lot of times teams will be like hey but let's make sure if we can get somebody we love who's completely clean, right, with a, with the medical or whatever the concern could be. Some of these guys like Jalen Carter have other concerns. You, you tend to take that player early. So I think they got a potential all-pro pro bowler, uh, you know, with a, with a little bit of a concern uh, mm-hmm. over the injury. But people really loved him for the talent. So there you go. Most execs love that pick. The uh, only thing is the concern, obviously, about the foot injury. And that's going to be something that the Raiders said that they were very comfortable with where he is in his recovery. So obviously that's remained to be seen. But I do think he's going to be a big-time factor, even going back to what I was saying about Max Crosby and his pressures and sacks. And it's great to get pressures. It's better to get sacks. That's when you could affect the quarterback a little bit more and bad things could happen for them, like a fumble or, or a rush pass and interception and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, hopefully. Tyree Wilson is able to be that guy to help out Max Crosby, help out Chandler Jones, Byron Young. I'm expecting him to be a participant as well and uh, get more pressure on the quarterback. And then finally, Mike Sando from the Athletics talk about second round pick Michael Mayer. And I asked him to start off with if he was surprised that he was there in the second round. And then I have a follow up question as well. Here's Sando from the Athletic. Interesting group of tight ends, and it, it was kind of kind of like. Uh beauty in the eye of the beholder position, right? There were, there were five or six guys in this draft that some teams loved more than others. And I think the thing about Mayer is, let's say compared to Adult and Kincaid, probably less dynamic of an athlete in the receiving game, mm-hmm. but probably a better sort of all-around tight end. And so 
depends what you're looking for. If you want the better all-around tight end with the ability to play in some traditional sets, you know, as, as kind of a, what they call a wide tight end at the end of the line of scrimmage, uh, maybe a Michael Mayer uh, fits your offense better. But if you're looking to use him flexed out almost all the time, like Buffalo probably is with Dalton Kincaid, you maybe liked him more. So uh, I think it will be interesting to see is Mayer really less dynamic? Is he not going to be making you know some some huge plays after the catch? Is he going to be more uh, you know move the change in the passing game and just a, a good solid player? That will be interesting to see how all that plays out. When you've seen what Josh McDaniels has done in his offenses and with the tight ends that he's had, uh, how do you think a Mayer fits into with what Josh McDaniels likes to do? Well, one of the executives I quoted in the piece I think made the point that you know. I think Josh McDaniels has, or at least they did in New England, do a good job of getting tight end open without him having to just absolutely, you know, undress the DB with an amazing move with the play action and some of that stuff. So getting them some easy completions. Uh, I think we expected to see more of that last year, obviously, with Darren Waller, but he wasn't healthy, wasn't out there. So they get a guy now who is a Josh McDaniels guy, right? So uh, for better or worse, you know, maybe they like that and then plug him in and he should be able to do the things they want to do, especially if they can get him open on some of these easy completions. So there you go. Uh, that was Mike Sandoz thoughts on second round pick Michael Mayer, what he was hearing from NFL execs. Again, that's why I really like talking to Mike Sando because he talks to execs when he does his tiering of quarterbacks and that's his next big project that he's going to be putting out. So of course I'll have him on the radio show for that as well. And you know, again, it's not just his opinion, but it's the, it's the decision makers around the NFL. They're, they're talking about what their colleagues are doing. So I think that that carries a little bit more weight coming up in segment number two, uh, part of my conversation with Scott Springer from Cincinnati as we talked all things third-round pick Trey Tucker and what he thought about uh, Trey, his time at Cincinnati, and what he could do for the Raiders in the NFL. So we'll do that in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is BetterHelp. And I'll tell you right now, it is so easy for all of us to get caught up in what everyone else needs from from us, right? It's a lot of times we forget about thinking about ourselves. And, and I don't mean in a selfish way. I just mean in a, like a therapeutic way, making sure that our needs are being taken care of by ourselves instead of just give, 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 go, 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 go. Sometimes you got to slow down. And I know that I'm guilty of that as uh, myself as well, where sometimes I just kind of ignore what's going on with me just to think about what's going on around me. And so sometimes you've got to take a step back. So we know that when we spend all our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin. It can leave us feeling burnt out. Uh, it could just kind of give you that, you know, that feeling of just, ugh, right? I mean, and, and, and I don't know how to even describe that feeling, but sometimes it's just that way. You just kind of feel, uh. Well, therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. All you got to do if you want to find more balance with BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better H-E-L-P. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast was able to catch up with Scott Springer from Cincinnati.com. You can find him on uh, Twitter at S Springer Sports. And he was really fun to talk to on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday. We probably had him on the show for about 30 minutes, but I just wanted to isolate the part where we were talking about Trey Tucker. And believe me, we talked about a lot of different things. He's a really interesting dude, fun dude. I definitely want to have him on the show again. And it's funny how things work out, right? I was upset because I didn't get... uh, Uh, the locked-on Cincinnati Bearcats guy on the show. He kind of gave me the Heisman and kind of pushed off on me and was like, ah, maybe if I have time, I'll get back to you. So I was kind of upset about that, but it worked out because Scott Springer was a really interesting guest and now I got a good relationship with him so I'll be able to go to him more often than not and who knows when you know I'll need that that contact to reach out to so things always happen for the right way uh, I thought there was a lot of good stuff that he uh, had to say about Trey Tucker and kind of gave a nice little background on Trey Tucker so uh, the conversation started when I was asked if he was shocked or surprised that Trey was taken in the third round number 100 overall because a lot of people had him as a fifth or a sixth round pick so here's Scott Springer on the surprise or shock about Trey Tucker going in the third round it was somewhat of a shock because everyone thought it was going to be tyler scott and these are two guys that are from the same area there in akron and were friends and and both can burn and you got guys that these guys have ran uh i think four two nine is their best i think they went four four at the combine and then they did a pro day here uh, at the Bengal stadium and they ran four three two so uh, they can fly the difference is Trey Tucker historically has been a kick returner and also has played some special teams. Where Tyler Scott didn't return kicks, he primarily was a receiver. So both very talented guys. I think when you're trying to make an NFL roster, though, and you're reduced to so many players, you need that guy that can do a little bit of everything, and that's probably what helped Trey Tucker. So uh, I know Tyler Scott had an agent, and they did a big uh, wing-ding on on the uh, the first and second nights uh, days of it and uh you know the first day he didn't get picked he got picked the second day but then we're sitting there and um uh you know then trey got picked so it, it was a little bit of a shock but they're friends and they were cool with it and uh i think uh yeah yeah tyler went in the fourth trey went in the third so so good for them you know it's, and uh there was another bearcat tight end josh wiley that went in the, the fifth round and you know, maybe the best player went as a free agent. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr. went undrafted. And uh, unanimous All-American played in the senior bowl, but he happens to be 5'10". So the NFL math people didn't like that. But he's he's a free agent deal with the Vikings. But uh, back to Trey, you know, uh, it, well, in addition to Trey, I can t- talk to you about Michael Mayer, too. I, he's right across the river accompanying Catholics. So you, you got two pretty good guys there. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm expecting, especially with Mayer. I think he's going to be fantastic at the tight end position for the Raiders, but Tucker's got that speed. You mentioned special teams, and it's funny, when we were on the Zoom call after he got selected, he told us about his wrestling background and how that helps him on the football field. Uh, did you see the, the, the impact of his wrestling background when he was playing there at Cincinnati? Well, he's just shifty. I mean, number, you know, try to catch a guy that runs a 4-2-9, and then if he has some, some lateral moves, he's gone. I mean, I, I remember being at the game that, the year that uh, they went to the Cotton Bowl, the college football semifinal, uh, before they beat Notre Dame, they went up to Indiana. And Indiana was supposed to have a good team with Michael Fenix and all that. And, and it seems like the Hoosiers were up at the half, but then a game changer was uh, Trey Tucker returning the kick to the house, you know, 99 yards. And and then uh, then UC followed that up. That was a Desmond Ritter year. They followed that up with another score. And next thing you know, it was a, a convincing Bearcat victory. So, He's he's a game changer. Just things that he can do, and uh, he he's just just a player. You know, I think he's probably a guy that was always been discounted. I 
I, I think he put on 35 pounds from the time he came to Cincinnati to when he left. And I read something where he came into high school and was 100 pounds. But uh, wow. you know, you, you can only do so much with speed. You, you, you can add on to speed, but you're blessed with that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. You can either move or you can't move, and he certainly can move. Scott Springer is our guest from Cincinnati.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Trey Tucker. DeMond's got one for you. With Trey Tucker being a smaller receiver, how do you think the best way for him to be used is, and how do they use him at Cincinnati? Well, he, uh, Tyler Scott was more the deep threat, so, so Trey was more of a, a slot guy, but obviously you know, he can burn him too. Uh, he caught. Uh, he really came on late in his career. He had 52 catches last year, I believe it was, and um, so I think he finished with over 110, something like that, off the top of my head, uh, catches. But but he was used more and more. So yeah, and and you know they used him in some reverses. He had some running touchdowns in, in, in a bowl game that I recall. Uh, there's just a lot of things you can do. Uh, the, the the little guys are tough. You know they're, they're sneaky. They get in there, and you know Wes Welker made a pretty good career of it. And, Others have too. So, uh, you know, the NFL, it's like everyone gets caught up in a lot of numbers. But, you know, one of the key things is, uh, man, does that dude have heart? And, you know, can he play football? And, and it's tough to measure. Again, we're talking with Scott Springer, Cincinnati.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Getting back to Trey Tucker real quick. How much room do you think he has to grow? Like, how much better do you think he can get at that wide receiver position? Oh, I think, he, you know, quite a bit because, uh, you know, at NFL, you, you learn some different things. And, you get you do get wiser as you get older. I've tried to convince my own sons of that. <laughs> sometimes, but uh, I haven't gotten any dumber. I might be a little slower, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it'll only help him. But he's he's wonderful. I mean, here's a kid. He really the, the night I talked to him, I, I I was at Tyler Scott's party. So so yeah, this was night two. So first night is first round. So yeah, there was second night. So waiting for Tyler Scott. He doesn't get drafted. I'm driving home. And uh, and I called Trey Tucker, who had gone up to Akron, and he's telling me he had some friends over. He had randomly gone up to his room and and checked his phone. He's going, "Well, who's that?" Because I don't know that he was expecting the call. And then he he gets it, and it's like there he is. Wow. So uh, yeah, it, it it was pretty awesome. You know, I think one was expecting it, one wasn't expecting it, and so uh, yeah, but. It, 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 He's just so diverse. You know, he can mm-hmm. do more things for you. You know, it's uh, you know, you go to the hardware store. You want the tool that does five things, not one. So that's what you get in Trey. Yeah, no, it's a great point there. And you know, when it comes to the kick return game, we know that he's got the speed, the burn, and you can't teach speed. But what is it about him? What does he do so well in the kick return game where it helps him average like twenty five, twenty six yards of return? Well, I think it's just uh, I, He's uh, number three on Cincinnati's all-time list in, as far as number of returns. Mm-hmm. This is repetition. He's had so many kick returns, punt returns. He, he's done it so many times, and I, I just think there's not too many things he hasn't seen, and, it, and he's just uh, slippery. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and he, he he's just a, a determined, you know, when, when you're a little guy like that playing football, there's always someone that thinks, you can't do it, and you, always, you you play with that chip on your shoulder, and you you prove them wrong, and so that's what he's done. Um, he doesn't have a, a great attitude or ego. I, I think he'll be a great team player. He's, he's a great pickup. So is that tight end, by the way. I, 
a little disappointed sitting here that the Bengals had a pick and, and passed on it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? I'm glad you, you brought him up because we've had plenty of people in Raider Nation that have looked in and said, well, the Raiders really need a defense, so don't know why they went with the tight end there at Michael Mayer. And I keep thinking that this dude is going to be fantastic. Tell us what you know about the young man from Notre Dame. Well, I saw him in high school, and uh, at the time we we were bringing some high school kids down to the uh, to our office, and we we would uh, do some shows with some of the better players. So we bring him down one day. He's a high school kid, and he looks like a bronze Adonis, chiseled everything. It's like you know, straight out of Hollywood. I doubt he ever was turned down on a date. He was a great basketball player, uh, great hands, great blocker. All-American kid, and, and uh, there's some pretty good DNA in his family in, in terms of uh, athleticism and, and baseball and some other sports. And uh, his, his brother was a college quarterback at uh, Miami University. So, yeah, he, he's just, uh, you know, you're almost jealous. He's got the Midas touch. It, it's, <laughs> to me, he looks like whatever he does, he might run for office, and you, you might have to vote for him. I don't know. It, it, it's like... <laughs> I mean, I, I worked with Chris Collinsworth for, for years. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look look with, at his career, I mean, it's just a guy that makes you jealous. It's like, how good can you be at everything? You know, he's a right. law degree, he was a Florida Gator, awesome receiver. He, he won a state 100-yard dash. He doesn't look like he could run at all, but, he you know, Gomer Pyle running the 100-yard dash, he, <laughs> he, he's pretty good and uh, great receiver. You know, made a great career as a commentator and all that. So it, it, he was a guy that everything he did turned out right. And Michael Mayer, I see the same. And uh, I, I think he's the best tight end in, in the draft. I, I mean, Mel Kuyper doesn't call me or anyone else. You guys do. But uh, <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I, I saw I saw him in high school, and I thought he was amazing. He looked, he looked like an NFL player then. It's just he was a guy. And I have covered some high school guys where I – told their parents he's a pro um so and then that, that doesn't mean that i know anything it's just there's if you've covered pros and then you covered some kids there's certain air about people and you just know they're going to make it and mm-hmm. that's that's what i see in michael Mayer. so there you go right there hopefully that provided a nice little you know background or insight into wide receiver trey tucker and who he can be and you know can he still grow into his position and again a lot of people believed he was a fifth or a sixth round pick the Raiders found reason to take him in round three we'll have to see exactly what that is we know special teams is a major cause you know we know that kick return punt return uh even gunner is is going to be something that he does really well and you know we'll see what he does as far as a wide receiver but that speed you can't teach and we know that with speed they can take the top off the defense and then it opens up everything for everybody else plus it's just a game-changing element to to provide that the Raiders haven't had since Henry Ruggs and that tragedy happened with him. So there you go. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Scott Springer. Again, if you did, give him a follow. Let him know on Twitter, man. Real good dude, at Sports from Cincinnati.com. That's Scott Springer. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into your calls and texts real quick. Going a little bit long in today's show, so I don't want to go too long. I don't want the powers of B to be too upset. 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Mark from Oregon. He's actually calling to talk about wide receiver Trey Tucker and chiming in on why he thinks 
Tucker was a steal. Here he is, Mark from Oregon. Yo, what up, Q? This is Mark from Oregon. Just chiming in here a couple days late on your episode on Trey Tucker. And I just want to say that the Raiders really got a steal, I think, potentially, right, obviously, and a guy like Trey Tucker. Just being a gunner, a kicker turner, and all the things that you look for in a special teams maven, but also in the things that you just don't see on a day-to-day basis as a as a fan of the game, you just watch. But you don't see a slot receiver stretch a too high safety. And when you got guys like Devontae, potentially Michael Mayer, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, those, all those dudes are really talented at getting open in the middle of the field, creating distance and getting those first downs those 10, 12, 15, 15-yard passes. And in order to open up that part of the field, you got to get a guy who can get a safety on their heels. And so whether Trey Tucker's catching balls or not, if he's stretching safeties and opening up space down the middle of the field or forcing fair catches on big A.J. Cole punts, you know, your punter can go out and boom one and not have to worry about a return if you got a 4-3 dude burning down there, forcing fair catches and changing the field. So, you know, maybe it's a reach at a at 100 there, the draft pick slot. But whatever it is, man, you know, it looked like the draft was way better. We're not a laughing stock. You got dudes who create turnovers, dudes who love football, and just just potential players that maybe aren't superstars. But once you get a roster that's got a lot of good players on it, then the great players get to get to shine, right? And so, you know, you're only as good as the sum of your parts. And so I'm big on the Trey Tucker pick. You look at what teams are doing around the league with just pure speed and utilizing that. Um, and you see it when you watch highlights or you see big plays or first downs. But I'm excited for the stuff you don't see when it comes to Trey Tucker and the potential there. So thanks for all you do, man. Just want to chime in on that. And as always, go Raiders. Just win, baby. More from Oregon. Out. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you. And the bottom line is you can't teach speed. He's got that. He's got speed, 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 and more speed. And he's a special teams ace, kick returner, gunner. I mean, he could do all of that. And the Raiders, we all know that they've struggled to have really good field position. So if this guy can all of a sudden turn into a guy that can set the Raiders up with good field position more times than not, that's great. Now, the one element that we all know is a lot of times kickers kick it out of the back of the end zone anyway, and guys don't have an opportunity to return it. They just start out the 25. But if he gets his hands on the ball and gets an opportunity, maybe he finally takes one to the house for the Raiders, or maybe he just sets them up with really good field position. And to know that he's a gunner and really good tackler as well, that is an extra element that I think is pretty special. I'm interested to see what he does as far as a wide receiver and how he's used on offense. Do they just get him the ball in space? Do they try to throw deep to him? Uh, Does he go short routes and just try to get the yards after the catch? How exactly is he implemented into the offense? Because again, if you're a third-round pick, I think that you bring more to the table than just special teams. So we'll have to see exactly how Josh McDaniels plans on using them. But they went and got him in the third round at number 100 overall for a reason. I'm interested in seeing what that reason is outside of special teams. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, next up, got a text from Stabler's Ghost. Says, hey, Q, it's Stabler's Ghost from the 413. The more I think about it, the more I think this was a really good draft. You can make a case that even with the undrafted free agents, we can improve the overall talent on this roster. Young will be a beast on the inside once coached up. Overall, you have to love the way the front office handled their business. The focus on culture fits is going to be huge. And finally, they made very few head-scratcher picks. We also have second-year guys that should improve as well. I also believe they can work with O'Connell to improve his conditioning and agility to at least get a little wiggle when needed. As always, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Raiders. That's from Stabler's Ghost. Thanks for the text, my man. And look, again, 
it's hard to tell how good the draft was until we actually see the guys on the field doing some things, even in training camp, right? In training camp, you can get an idea like, okay, that guy looks like he, he understands what he's supposed to do. But really, honestly, you're not really going to know until they're playing in the games. The first year, you'll have an idea like, okay, this guy can do this, this guy can do that. But most of the time, you start looking back like two or three years after the draft and say, all right, that was a really good pick, or man, that was a terrible pick, or man, that was a surprise pick, right? I mean, I feel pretty good about the draft. Like I said, from day one, following the draft, I thought it was solid, uh, and I think that that's a good grade. I really do, and, and without giving it an A, B, C, you know, all that, I think solid is good, and you're right. There wasn't a whole bunch of head scratchers, and I know there's been times I've come out of the draft and I've had to try to convince myself that these certain players were, were better than they were, and this time, I didn't have to feel that way. Again, Trey Tucker, uh, as we talked about already, was a pick that I felt like was picked a little bit high. But, you know, if they have a real big deal planned for him, maybe not. Maybe he ends up being that steal like Mark from Oregon thought. So there's that. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, I don't have a problem with them getting him. Got him in the fourth round. That's kind of where they, he was expected to go, either fourth or fifth round. And if Josh McDaniels likes him and can coach him up, maybe he's a really good backup. Maybe he turns into something more than a backup, right? Right now, I've just said a, a really good backup because that's what everyone who covered him kind of thinks that he's going to be. But that doesn't mean he can't develop into something more. I mean, he very well could end up being, you know, a starting quarterback for the Raiders or someone else across the league. So I don't really have a problem with that pick either. So we'll see what happens. But there you go. Again, I think the draft was pretty solid. And it's good to hear that you think that it was uh, really good and, and you're excited about it. And, and again, it's, it's an exciting time, especially to see how they develop, especially if they develop the right way. Right. So thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll close out with a call from Nate from Cali. He's a Steeler fan. He's calling to ask about the Raiders cornerback room and if the Raiders might be interested in a current Steelers cornerback. Here he is, Nate from Cali. How you doing, Q? Nathan Glass from California. Steeler fan. Just wanted to uh, ask you, did you guys uh, fully address your cornerback situation? Uh, if not, uh, I want to get your thoughts on something. Um, we have a corner over in Pittsburgh that we're, I believe is going to be on the trade block. Uh, a killer with a spoon. You probably heard of him from San Francisco. We picked him up after he had a pretty good season over there. Uh, brought him in, and uh, he had a 75 PFF uh, grade, but last year he had a hamstring injury, but he practically set out majority of the season uh, with that injury. But the uh, reason why I say he could be on the trade block because we, we re-signed James Pierre, corner. We got Patrick Peterson, still got Levi Wallace. We picked up Joey Porter in the draft, and... We picked up uh, Cody Trice in the seventh round, which is also a corner. So I believe a Keller Witherspoon could be on the trade block. And if you guys have not addressed your cornerback situation or if you guys want to bring in a veteran presence to your quarterback uh, cornerback room, uh, this is a, um, a key piece that could be good for you guys. And it won't be expensive for you guys either. Uh, rumor has it that he could go for maybe a fifth or even a sixth-round draft pick uh, for his services over there in uh, Las Vegas. So let me know what you think. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for the call, my man. Akello Witherspoon, huh? as you mentioned, only playing a handful of games in 2022, uh, but did have a little bit of ball, ball production, right? Had an interception, and he's had ball production in the league. He's had multiple interceptions. Matter of fact, he's 28 years old, a seven-year vet in the league, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, Pittsburgh. Uh, and the thing about it is I really think the Raiders feel good about their 90-man roster right now. With that being said, 
once they get to training camp, you know, obviously the OTAs are coming up, so they'll see a little bit then. But when they get to training camp, they start popping some pads, get the pads on and everything, start implementing the game plan. Then they'll have a better idea of what they have and what they don't have. They might look at the cornerback room, which is pretty deep right now, and say, yeah, it looks great. And then they get to training camp and be like, yeah, this, tra- this, thing, this thing stinks. Uh, let's pick up the phone and call the Steelers or, or call any other team. But right now, looking at it, Ja'Korian Bennett, obviously he's the rookie out of Maryland. He's going to get an opportunity to compete. Ike Brown, cornerback out of Florida International. Bryce Cosby, uh, he was the cornerback out of Ball State, the rookie last year. Brandon Faison is back. Remember, he was with the Raiders before, went to the Colts last year. Uh, He's back. Tyler Hall, number 37. Remember how many times people last year said, hey, who's 37? Tyler Hall out of Wyoming. Uh, He's 5'10", 190 pounds. I think he's going to have an opportunity to compete. Azizi Hearn from UCLA. Uh, He was a guy that they signed as an undrafted free agent. Nate Hobbs, he's back for another year to prove what he can do. Is he going to be on the outside? Is he going to be on the slot? Only time will tell. David Long Jr., they signed him as a free agent. Amik Robertson, the last man standing from the 2020 draft class. Duke Shelley, they signed him as a free agent from Minnesota. Sam Webb. He was the undrafted free agent a year ago from Missouri Western. So, I mean, the the room is thick right now and deep right now. Doesn't mean that they're going to be successful. Doesn't mean they're going to be happy with that room. But right now, with all those bodies there, I think that they just want to see how it shakes out in in camp. But I'll tell you right now, you get a couple weeks in camp, and all of a sudden it looks like the weak link is the cornerbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders pick up the phone and make a call maybe to the Steelers or anyone else who has a cornerback that could be out on the market. So as far as I'm concerned, no moves and transactions will be made until training camp and probably at least a week or so in to training camp. And that goes really across the league. So thanks so much for that call. It's always great to hear from you. Coming up tomorrow, we'll get a text in from Jersey Raider. Got a call from Raider Meatloaf. We'll get that in as well. Plus, we'll have more news and notes. We'll know exactly what game is going to be played on Black Friday. We'll know exactly, well, we won't know exactly all the games. We'll know the international games, and we'll know the select few games (laughs) that the NFL says. The damn slow drip process. Just get it over with. Spit it out. I want to know. I want to know where the schedule is so we can talk about it. We can break it down. We can tell you the wins and losses and then be completely wrong, right? That's exactly what happens, but we like to do it anyway. And of course, we're going to do it here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So thanks again so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Thanks so much for checking us out on YouTube. Shout out to my man Ari at Ari Produces on Twitter for making sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. And of course, Raider Nation, shout out to you. So until tomorrow, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.